Hello everyone, uh, this is Saqib, welcoming you to Cricket with an Action once again. This is our second episode for the World Cup and this is a big one. We'll be talking the Indian squad and once again I have uh, the pleasure of uh, having Bharat Ramraj, you know, editor at CrickBuzz joining me and also uh, Sharan Mamiripuri, a uh, die-hard Indian cricket fan who's been on the podcast before, uh, will play the role of the analyst and I'll be facilitating questions. So welcome guys and thanks for doing this. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you so much, Saqib. Thanks for having us. Yeah, so last time, uh, a week before, me, Sanket and uh, Bharat did the preview of the English and Aussie squads, but uh, that time the squads weren't announced, so that was a very, you know, that was a very different exercise. Uh, both these uh, gentlemen weighed in, what the squads are going to be, what you know, challenges will be and who will make it. This time we know clearly what's in front of us. And uh, let me start with you, Bharat. I know I follow you closely for all my cricket tweets. Uh You've been pretty vocal that uh, Ambati Raidu exclusion is a marginal cause, but a lot of time in this day and age of social media, even someone who didn't want Raidu is just more mad the way he was treated, you know. So, what is your take on this whole thing? Do you think, uh, you know, this kind of a call would have been kind of made a little earlier? Do you think it's a fair call, even if it's a marginal call? I still feel it's a marginal call. With Ambati Raidu, yes, he did well in the final ODI against New Zealand in Wellington when he scored when he scored over 90. But again, it uh, those runs came against I think Colin Munro and uh, uh, D. Grantholm. He sort of struggles against fast balls, especially the hit the deck ones. We saw that in the series against Australia. And in look at look at his records, uh, one day record. You look at balls like Brian Vittori or uh, Stuart Broad or Pat Cummins. The Matt Henry has dismissed him. All these are hit the deck fast balls. And he has been dismissed by all these bowlers quite a few times. So he has a problem there. I'm not saying he's a bad batsman because he's a very risky player, tremendous player of spin, he's a good player of medium pace. But in international cricket, you will get some hit the deck fast bowlers, uh, paces who can perhaps move it around a bit here and there. So I'm not too sure he's as good as what some think. He's sort of a bit of an inflated average, I believe, in uh, one day cricket. I'm not saying he shouldn't have gotten, but uh, it's, I think, finally. It's a marginal call for me because Shankar also is a decent pick. He's, of course, not played enough ODIs, maybe eight or nine ODIs, if I remember correctly. But he's a bit of a floater. If, if you think of Shankar, if you go back to say, uh, I think he made his list debut in 2011 12 against Andhra. But uh, by 2014 15, he was batting at number four for Tamil Nadu. So he's batted at number four for Tamil Nadu, even in that New Zealand series. And the ball was uh, seeming around, swinging actually. In the fourth ODI, he showed decent technique where his back foot was loading quickly so that his front foot moved towards the pitch. So uh, I think it was a bit of a marginal call, especially when you consider Shankar. Is all, Shankar can also bowl 3-4 overs of medium pace. And it's, and it's a pretty decent fielder. Uh, I feel it was mostly a marginal call. So, so let me ask you this, Sharon. I'll bring you in a conversation just a minute. Let me just stick with Bharat for one more question. So uh, last time when we were talking about the Australian squad, Bharat, uh, you and I... I think when we were prepping, we talked about how the 2011 Indian World Cup squad, you know, it was uh, such a such a uh, progress, such a process in itself because they left out the likes of Rahul Dravid. They built like a nucleus to win that World Cup. It was a perfect condition and they pretty much came up with a great team to win it. And you think now with the kind of information we have and data and so much cricket, are you surprised that a key position like number four, uh, in a World Cup in England, you know, it was still not decided. Yeah, we are going with a little bunch of unknowns because those combinations wouldn't have really, uh, you know, played out in matches. And now India will be playing IPL and just uh, most players in IPL and then they will go to World Cup. And Kohli says, you know, that's uh, we have the so- squad sorted out. But are you surprised how in 2011 we were so prepared and this time uh, it's it was just something that was never settled? Uh, that's what they tried, I think, with the Raidu, but somewhere... Uh, I, as I said, 3D, 3D skills, as MSK Prasad said, uh, they just finally went for uh, Shankar. So, the, but they t- tried with uh, Raidu. See, number four, of course, is a crucial slot, uh, especially in modern day cricket. Uh, uh, think of number four. You need an experienced batsman who can clever, who can look at clever rotation of strike, and then in the slow goes, maybe he can up the ante. So, definitely, that's a, that's a huge question mark. 
related to the indian setup because they don't have a number 4 they don't have a number 4 sorted out uh, the best batsman perhaps for the num- number 4 slot now is virat kohli but has to bat in the top 3 because he's india's best batsman as well so yeah it it is something that uh, that's surprising uh, that india have not been able to sort this out they tried with raidu but finally uh, yeah they jumped over and uh, selected uh, shankar Uh, okay, so let's bring uh, Sharan in. Uh, that's very insightful, you know, uh, as usual analysis from Bharat. So, Sharan, uh, as an Indian fan, and you know, we've been talking about this for quite some time. Uh, did you get the squad you wanted? Are you okay with the omission of Raidu? And if uh, yes, who's your number four? Uh, I think in the short run, Sakib, uh, I completely agree with Bharat that it was a marginal call. So, if this is the squad, this is these were the list of players we had, and it could have gone either with Raidu or. Shankar, it would not have made a difference. But I also agree that from a long run perspective, there was a little bit of a goof up. We didn't give there was there was someone like Shubman Gill, for example, or even uh, even Mayank Agarwal, Manish Pandey. Any of these players could have been given a slightly longer rope. Not necessarily Manish Pandey, maybe, but the other two for sure. Uh, given a slightly longer rope to try and longer rope to try and figure out how that number four position would look in the run up to the World Cup. I think we did stick with Raidu. and uh, i agree with bharat that i think raidu was a little overrated especially if you look at his odi batting average i think he's a, it's a little higher than what it should be uh, he's pretty solid i think he had a great ipl last year that kind of made all of us kind of take a second serious look at him and then he got that amazing 90 against new zealand but overall i always thought he was a little shaky uh, and so therefore this is the score this is the best we can do given the given the set of players that we had in the run up to the world cup but i don't know if it was the best squad in the you know in the longer run if we had planned better we would have seen a better set of players is my guess okay so bharat it's an extension of the same question going on so who's going to be your number 4 in the first game i mean you think uh, we expect kohli and shastri to uh, like we talked about do we expect kl rahul to be slotted in at 3 and kohli bat at 4 you think is is that an option that they will still play i mean what are you where what are you leaning towards the shastri in an interview talked about kohli at number 4 there was about 2 3 months ago i think it was chetan arulas interview yeah. but uh kohli is is your best batsman india's best batsman so he has to bat in top three. I, i don't get it why is to play at number 4 because your best batsman has to play the most number of overs in limited overs cricket let it be t20 cricket or one day odi cricket so i don't get that i they will definitely i think they will go for shankar initially kl rahul is definitely an option i, I think he has the game to just sometimes he is a sort of batsman who, who looks to he has a good range of shots yes but sometimes he looks to play shots that perhaps something that even he can't uh, uh, can't play it something like you would try look to play it over extra cover lofted strokes is something he it doesn't need to if he adjusts his game slightly i think he can definitely play it four but i think they will start with shankar because he can provide those three four overs is is decent batsman uh, as i said he's batted at three and four for tamil nadu go back to when say 2014 15 15 16 i think he started uh, in the game against maybe hyderabad in 2015 16 that he started to bat at number 4 for tamil nadu but uh, maybe uh, on other side you can say is more of a number 5 batsman but is is decent enough i think is decent enough start at that slot uh and he, of course he provides those two three overs that's what the msk prasad kept saying in that uh, particular press conference after the selection meeting that uh, he provides his 3d skills okay so this is a question for both of you again uh, i think i'm just going in my mind uh, just to keep uh, you know a little transparency i'm asking you but i'm not sharing i'm going with you know some sort of a batting order if uh, as an indian i'm thinking you know there could be an ugly chase or a situation where we lose kohli and you know sharma and there's a, you know in 10 12 overs and we need to you know rebuild we are batting first so i was listening to this uh, harsha bhogle podcast where uh, Uh, with Amit Verma, where he really talks about the genius of Dhoni, and he's talking about all three formats. So this question is kind of tied in. Dhoni has been the focal point. Kind of uh, some talks have been laid off because he's batted well in, in, in recently. But you think he he's still the guy? If there's an early collapse, can he uh, resurrect an inning, say from like 35 for two? Uh, comes in bat, you know, is batting around 10 or 11 overs or something like that. Uh, you can both take this. Sharan, you go first, and then same question to you, uh, Bharat. uh yeah i actually think dhoni will we should bat number 4 uh in that lineup because i think that 
if dhoni bat the lower dhoni bats uh, the 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 worse it is for the indian run rate overall like i feel like if he comes low down the order he takes a little bit of time to get in and that amount of time becomes costlier as you go uh, as he comes in later and later i also think that he's pretty solid at the top if he comes in at 35 for 2 he's definitely the guy that we should go to especially if a 35 for and another wicket falls so it's 35 for 3 then dhoni will make sure you get to like a respectable 250 270 but if he comes in at say 180 for 2 uh he's done it a couple of times in the recent past but you know if you look at the innings in the, la- the last 10 12 matches that he's played odis he's got a 51 of 96 he's got an 87 of 114 against australia that actually resulted in us winning that match where he and kedar jadhav kind of just took us to victory but that's his strike rate he's going going to strike in like the mid 70s to to maybe the mid 80s and i don't see him being the enforcer anymore so i would never put him into bat after the 30th over unless you know there's no one else uh so in this lineup i would see him as my number 4 and then i would play probably the shankars the kedar jadhav and uh, hardik pandya to follow so that will be 5 6 7 for me but i i know i'm very curious to know what bharat thinks about this see when it comes to ms dhone if he agrees then maybe india can have a look at him mm. see the problem one point with the ms dhone is we i think it was in the first story against australia they had one short mid wicket and they had one uh, i think short cover mm. uh, for nathan nathan line and he kept playing it sort of straight to the fielder straight to the fielder this is something uh, bowlers have sort of our opposition teams have sort of worked out that if you have hit that fast bowler against dhone or, or a spinner who attacks the stumps even a left arm spinner who attacks the stumps he sort of doesn't exactly rotate the strike as well but uh, he has the experience and a sort of agree yeah, if if indian if the indian team is say 40 for 2 or 50 for 2 if they really want to rebuild uh, then maybe dhone can come in Uh, yes, he has struggled. He has struggled uh, definitely in the slog overs uh, to sort of uh, up the ante or hit the accelerator pedal, and that's mainly because opposition teams have found out that if you have hit the like, fast bowlers against him, who, who can get that inward angle at his body, then uh, he sort of struggles. Uh, he needs some bit of room. He need it needs a bit of room to crack those shots. I think that's that's been one of his issues. So yeah, if if he really agrees. uh then yeah depending on the situation he can also bat it for uh, it's just finally it's gamble india has to take because they don't have uh, they don't have a batsman at present uh, set batsman at present for that number 4 slot so they have to take a gamble and uh, just uh, invest in that particular batsman for 7 8 or 9 games because that will bring stability to the indian setup if, if they keep changing too much then uh, that will lead to a problem So again, um, very uh, interesting observations there. So Bharat, uh, what you're saying is uh, uh, we need to have like a set uh, lineup, even though it's kind of a little late. But that's you know that's the situation we find ourselves in. But it's a long tournament; you can play yourself in. And a lot of these boys are playing you know white ball cricket. They had a ODI series versus Australia. Now they all engage in IPL action, so they wouldn't be short of cricket. But uh, let me ask you a very basic question, which you know. maybe elemental but do you think with this unsettled number 4 we can have different looks if we say chasing against an australia like a 300 plus or if we are batting against a south africa batting first you think these liners will have certain adjustments who comes in at 4 or you think with the this big tournament it should be the same batting lineup in a big tournament ideally you want stability that's something for sure uh, but yes as i said at present india uh, just don't have uh, I just don't know who's who's going to be the number four batsman. Of course, they're saying Shankar. So yeah, something that uh, India perhaps would gamble when it uh, comes to different situations. But ideally, you want stability. This is a very crucial slot, number four, uh, because you need someone with experience. You need someone who rotates the strike cleverly. Sort of 3D jobs, as you can say. And then afterwards, in the slog overs. Has to go after the bowling, so it's a very crucial number four slot. You look at say some of the other sides, uh, Ian Morgan in number four. Ross still, Ross still has been averaging sixty-six, sixty-seven, mm-hmm. or something like that. It's a very experienced guy at, at number four. So there's there's a hole in they have. Uh, so yeah, they perhaps would gamble according to situations, but ideally in a big tournament, you want someone who's really set at that slot. 
Okay, so let's uh, keep working our way towards the middle order because we didn't have a set agenda because, you know, like the squad was announced and we'll talk the big three uh, very soon. Uh, that is uh, Dhawan, Sharma and Kohli. But let let me ask about this question came in uh, with, through Anand, who I used to, you know, host a tennis podcast with. So he's asking this question and again, you both can take it. Uh, Sharan, you can go first. Is Kedar Jadav a lock in this 11? Uh, and is that going to be a useful uh, player in you know in, in the composition you know try to win this championship. Uh, I think that's a very interesting question because I always saw him as a lock. I never, at least, given the squad we have, uh, you know, he has to be our number five or six for two three reasons. One is if he's fit, he runs pretty quickly between the wickets. He's also able to kind of really hit big when he wants to. So that's another plus. And thirdly, he's shown it shown us over the last year and more that he can. So given that. He's able to do that somewhat, you know, somewhat consistently. He averages, uh, I think, close to 44 at a strike rate of 100 over uh, 60 games. I know there are a lot of not outs there and stuff like that. But generally, my sense of Kedar Jadav is that he's he's kind of locked, especially once the bowling also started coming through. But that being said, over the last couple of games, especially with the in the Australian series, I think they figured him out. I think in the last but one in ODI, he went for 32 of two overs. And then the last ODI, he went for 45 or 5 overs. So his bowling is no longer that, you know, short shot, 7 overs for 25 uh, kind of thing that we were getting used to at some point. But that being said, I definitely see him as that experienced figure in the lower middle order who can, who can work with, say, a Dhoni who would go above him or a Jada who will go, be, uh, sorry, a Pandya who will go below him and uh, kind of marshal the strike and also rotate the strike and also kind of hit the big shots in the end. So for me, he's a lock. Yeah, I think Jadav uh, surely will get into this Indian side. Even if you go back the days when you, when I saw him in the Ranji Trophy, he was someone who used to irritate bowlers because he would hit in hit it in unusual areas. Uh, this is this is something uh, definitely used to irritate bowlers. That's that's something he has done in international cricket as well. Uh, that's definitely a plus point with someone like Kedar Jadav because uh, he can he can hit it in areas where. Uh, bisect the gaps or tailor the gaps where you won't have fielders. So that that's that is some that's a plus point with him. And yeah, he's bowling Austin. I think Austin batsman what they did was he started to play low. Mm. So that is why they were able to hit him out of the attack a couple of times. Uh, so yeah, the opposition teams definitely will work him out in terms of his bowling. But yeah, he's someone uh, who's a bit of an innovative batsman and not exactly uh, in in the category of say ABD Villers or those Butler, but but yeah, he's a sort of innovative batsman who can hit it in areas or uh, bisect gaps, tailor gaps where uh, you don't exactly feel a batsman would so or a fielder or a fielder would feel so. Uh, so it's, it's something that uh, Jadav brings to the Indian side. Okay, so let's uh, you know let's carry this conversation in. Uh in a non-traditional way, go back to the top of the batting order. So, Sharon, you think uh, big three, uh, is this, you know, we've had like, you know, big three, big fours in test cricket in the past and now, you know, we've had, you know, Kohli and Pujara in test matches. But these three, Sharma, Dhawan and uh, uh, Kohli, have been, you know, uh, pretty stellar for India uh, overall. Some some more consistent, you know, than the other. But uh, you think there's over-reliance uh, on these guys coming into the World Cup? I know Dhawan has played some great... Uh, ICC tournaments and Rohit Sharma and uh, you know is hitman you know scores a lot of uh, big innings in ODIs and Virat Kohli is you know is, is the best player in the world uh, according mm-hmm. to many. So you think there is an over reliance uh, on them to come through if India were to you know play their role of favourites and uh, win this thing? Uh, I think there is because just just exactly because of what we discussed the un- the underbelly the soft underbelly of this Indian batting lineup is the lower middle order. We kind of don't have that nailed yet, which means that these top three have to contribute. And we were just beginning to get worried about someone like Shikhar Dhawan because he wasn't getting the big scores that you would expect of him in the ODIs leading up to the World Cup. But thankfully, he scored that amazing 142 or 143 against Australia. We lost that. We ended up losing that match. But it was a... It was a truly spectacular Dhavan-esque innings, which kind of meant that he just blasted the ball everywhere. He was At no point you thought he was taking too many risks, but he still kind of managed to pull some amazing shots off in that, on that day. Uh, his IPL has been somewhat relatively quieter, but I think we shouldn't read too much into that. 
So that's the guy I would worry about in the top three. I think Rohit Sharma had a couple of good 50s even with Australia, even against Australia. And I think he's even in the IPL, what he's showing us is he's developed this new problem where he's getting to starts, but he's not converting them. And that's not what you expect of Rohit of the recent past. But I think that's just a passing phase. He's still like a truly legendary one-day cricketer, arguably in the top five best one-day cricketers India has ever produced. And as for Kohli, well, I feel like he's batting on a completely different level from anybody else on the planet when it comes to one-day cricket. So, no doubt that these three are really big, These, you know, and we rely a lot on them, maybe a little too much. And that's why we needed that one guy in the middle order, one solid middle order batsman who would give us that cushion. And now we have to rely on Dhoni, who's a little bit, no longer the old Dhoni. Yes, when it comes to someone like Shikhar Dhawan, you have to always consider that uh, for ICC major tournaments, mm. you will get good pitches for batting. So, And, and Shikhar Dhawan is someone who plays on the up to the line. It suits him. So, I, I believe believe he should do well in uh, the World Cup because wickets should suit his style. And wickets in England over the last four years, uh, I've already said only one one international. I think it was... South, South Africa versus England at Lords when uh, the curate, curator left 8 millimeters of grass in 2017. Uh, that was the only one where it, it moved off the seam considerably. So, the one should, should enjoy the conditions. Uh, Vidat Kohli, obviously, I don't need to say more. He's just batting at an elevated level in terms of one internationals. He knows how to pace the innings and suddenly he can up the ante and... Uh, or hit the accelerator pedal when needed. So, he's just uh, batting at some uh, very high level. Uh, it's reached towering heights or whatever you want to say. So, and as far as Roy Sharma is concerned, yeah, he's, he's someone uh, at his best, he will be sort of would cross 50 of, say, of 70 balls, 70 of 8, 90 balls. If he stays till then, by the 35th or 40th hour, then obviously he can just go bang, bang. It seems like book cricket uh, when he's batting uh, in the slug overs. Uh, I've done a couple of uh, text commentary streams if you feel that way. And uh, yeah, India do rely a lot on the top order. Uh, that's for sure because uh, they don't have someone uh, number four who is who can who is uh, sort of spread a lot of matches going into the World Cup at that particular slot and the uh, lower order as well. If you look at Sahardik Pandey, is developed as a batsman as, against especially full deliveries. But uh, yeah, international cricket to get enough bases to hit the deck. Uh, two three teams especially have have this hit the deck fast bowlers and uh, we have seen even today uh, it didn't exactly look. Against Jofra Archer when sitting the deck. So, yeah, the lower middle order, lower middle order or middle order is sort of shaky. So, they definitely rely on the top three to get the, uh, most of the runs. Mm, okay. So, just talk about uh, Bharat, uh, what we did last time with Sanket, any potential, of course, uh, matchups which can be tricky for this batting order. Uh, I know you said IC's tournaments now have a very recent history where decks are batting friendly and even in England is no exception. Uh, all these English condition talk is kind of very uh, very juvenile because uh, the tracks and uh, scores of the tournament suggest something else. So are there any matchups in this tournament that you're excited about? Any bowling attacks that can test the big three or are there any matchups for these three players? where some bowlers like Cummins or Abada can really be a challenge for, say, Sharma and Dhawan or even Kohli? Yeah, the India-South Africa game can be interesting one. If I uh, get it right, yeah, they're playing in Southampton, right? Yeah, they're playing in Southampton. Southampton, they sort of uh, produce quickish tracks. So, that's interesting. There's good, that could be an interesting matchup. South Africa have some good fast bowlers. They uh, have Rabada, they have Ngidi. Ngidi is, is the unsung hero uh, for South Africa and one international. So, hits the deck very hard, even harder than Rabada. And uh, that's sort of suited for modern-day one-day cricket. Of course, Dale Stenu's experience is not exactly the best of limited overs bowler, but, uh, bowlers. But, uh, yeah, he's good enough. And then you have this young kid, uh, He's very fast. He's rapid and hits the deck very hard. So, they have a good pace attack there. Australia at uh, the Oval, if I remember correctly. That's, 
yeah again it good paced act but again south africa and australia they don't exactly have the kind of batting firepower uh, and uh, in southampton yeah you, uh, there have been a cup three two three like royal london games where hams have scored big in the recent past so could also get some flat pitches along with even bounce uh, obviously england is uh, going to be uh, one of the major matches in the england uh, they have the batting firepower and uh, there's going to be an interesting match up between two good uh, odi sides with different strengths uh, so these are some of the interesting matchups i think india will might have okay and uh, of course you know we, we can talk a full podcast about virat kohli because you know is uh, the most popular cricketer and uh, does polarize you know even within india some opinions but his batting is talk of the town so sharan let's uh, focus a little bit on his captaincy uh, in the past in the test matches we've come short because sometime kohli uh, is averse to you know challenge the you know some notions and take more of a risk when a lot of pundits and even you know uh, our analyst bharat ramraj and sanke a lot of people pointed otherwise but in the recent test series he's he's tried to be more of a maverick a game changer and most of the time those risks uh, risky decisions have uh, you know gone gone against the grain for him how do you see him as a uh, odi skipper and uh, how do you see captaincy you know such an integral part in this kind of a tournament it's a long tournament and uh, do you think you can rectify mistakes or this assess his overall captaincy from a indian fans point of view uh that's actually a very interesting question because uh, you know to think of kohli's captaincy you have to go all the way back to when he started say 3 4 years ago and then you have the kumble controversy which we did a podcast on too if you remember back then and then we yes and then of course now his more recent criticisms of how he kind of chops and changes he never plays the same uh, same team in test cricket almost never does it never repeats the 11 and then in the odi on the odi front i think he's the be- he's a very good odi captain almost certainly because there's dhoni behind the wickets and and for once you know we have dhoni who's playing all games in the world cup he's you know there's no doubt about his place in the in the side in the 11 and actually that would have been an interesting thing if dhoni if dhoni was position was not as secure then what would how would kohli be as a captain we don't know but now what he does is often he kind of does the big picture decision making and especially towards the end of the nodia innings you see him kind of manning the boundaries because that's where you need uh, you know someone who's as agile quick and has such a powerful throw like kohli to be so then dhoni kind of becomes the captain for the spinners dhoni kind of becomes the guy who's kind of making sure the field adjustments are done like the, like the smaller ones right like cover should move slightly squarer or fine leg should be more, more fine all of those things dhoni is kind of looking out for Uh, I think Bharat will be able to tell us better as to what uh, you know how Kohli kind of looks at say the bowling decisions or stuff. But in terms of just the squad uh, and and kind of thinking about who our eleven should be, I think Kohli and Shastri need to take some blame for uh, the fact that we've ended up in this position where we don't have a settled eleven. I think they chop and change too much. I think it was part of their oh we are so cool philosophy. But I think a settled squad is very important. I completely agree with Bharat that you know you want your players to feel like they're part of the eleven. and i feel like sometimes kohli the captain also makes certain premature errors like i think his comment saying that we've kind of nailed uh, the number 4 slot with ambati raidu doing so well and he did well with the 90 but to kind of prematurely say that publicly must have cost you know some kind of heartburn even within the team and then kind of shastri and kohli kind of going with vijay shankar completely on gut if you think about it you know they've had eight games you've seen him i also have seen vijay shankar i think is a pretty solid batsman you know on gut i would pick him over Uh, over Ambati Raidu, but I think that sometimes you know, thinking of a tournament as big as the World Cup, you should have more than just, you know, he whacks the ball really well in the nets, which is which is actually what Shastri said in one of the post-match interviews that I've seen him hit the ball in the nets, and he's such a clean striker. Well, it's one thing to kind of strike the ball in the nets, but it's another thing to kind of play a world, be be the number four at a World Cup. And I think Kohli and Shastri need to take some blame for the fact that they kind of never figure that bit out. but in terms of captaincy on the field motivating the players you can't really expect someone who's stronger you know who's more enthusiastic than kohli he's someone who's always in the bowl you know always in the match always very expressive always trying to get the best out of his bowlers and his fielders so that way i think you know and he's someone who's always trying and for all of those things you need to kind of give him marks uh, but would uh, rohit sharma be a better odi captain than kohli i think that's a really interesting open question and there are many reasons why you think some why you can think that someone like sharma who's shown us it repeatedly ipl after ipl 
that he can handle a team well he can kind of make those clever changes uh, he also believes much more in consistency than kohli does and uh, he also agrees that dhoni should be the number 4 in the indian squad so all of these reasons kind of make me think that kohli may not be the best captain odi captain uh, we could have put out but given that we value continuity we value his contributions uh, over the years he is the guy we have now and that is my overall assessment of kohli the captain but i'd like to see what bharat says virat kohli is definitely a good captain when it comes to handling fast bowlers i think he, he loves fast bowlers it depends a lot on uh, pace man uh, and uh, he might have played a role in terms of developing uh, bowlers like bumrah shami and company uh, but uh, see when it comes to tactical knows you can think of the adelaide test i think it was pat cummins yeah pat cummins was batting and ashwin is uh, the bowler and uh, he kept hitting uh, kept playing through the mid on region he kept driving i think to the mid on region and kohli uh, had a fielder at long on uh, but he didn't have a fielder at uh, short leg even though pat cummins occasionally was trying to sort of flick and he was getting a sort of uh, getting in a getting edges but they didn't they, he didn't have a fielder at short leg so tactical knows i think he sort of uh, yeah is, Sharan said it depends on uh, MS in what they are cricket, and that helps him. When you think of MS Dhoni recently in that CSK, CSK versus Kings Eleven Punjab game, yeah, you can you can think of that game where Scott Cook, the New Zealand uh, pacer, New Zealand bowling all rounder, started uh, bowling fuller in deliveries, and he was sitting on the park, and MS Dhoni went towards him and uh, sort of coaxed him to bowl cutters. and back of lens so ms dhoni is, is a, a very shrewd captain especially in limited overs cricket and he definitely plays a role uh, when uh, he plays for india and obviously kohli is the captain and the kohli definitely takes his uh, takes a lot of insights uh, that uh, dhoni has to say uh, chopping and changing you can uh, get lots of examples to think of the south africa series last year or in england where the lords test despite so much of rain uh, on day 1 uh, and today on day 2 as well enough moisture to seep in but still pick two spinners Uh, I don't know how India picked two spinners there because uh, so much moisture around the ball, seam around, zip around uh, two spinners. Uh, it was uh, quite a mistake, and uh, there's uh, chopping and changing. It seems like you get with uh, Kohli and Shastri. So, uh, Bharat, uh, hang on, uh, hold on your thoughts. Let me go back to you. Made a very uh, specific, detailed example about the Pat Cummins uh, incident. so a lot of stubborn players in all sports you know a lot of great players are very stubborn players because sometimes stubbornness defines greatness and sometimes it can be the undoing so since you have such an astute recollection of these events in your opinion is virat kohli learning from his mistakes because we all can make mistakes even the great you know great cricket players great leaders make mistakes but is he quick enough to learn from his mistakes in in a you know dynamic tournament like a odi world cup So that's the point. I think he's quick enough when it comes to pace bowling. I think he's a decent, a good captain when it comes to handling fast bowlers. But when it comes to spinners, he perhaps lacks a bit of tactical knowledge. Of course, I'm not an expert here to gauge, but it seems like he perhaps lacks a bit of tactical knowledge in terms of handling spinners, and that is where MS Dhoni comes into consideration. Of course, uh, he's someone who leads from the front with the bat, and that's something uh, definitely one can't count against him. But yeah, in terms of purely tactical knowledge, I think in terms of spinners, he perhaps doesn't really uh, learn from mistakes. That's what I would say. handling spinners okay uh, fair enough so let's talk about you know uh, the bowlers now and in, uh, in most uh, odis you know i think that's how the game is involved there are two white balls used and you know high scores are the norm or at least what used to be a pretty high score is a norm score now so given that bowlers become you know more of a interesting part in this uh, if the conditions are batting friendly and risk spinners will be in play that's what i've been listening to bharat sanket and a lot of the analysts on twitter and uh, so let me put you guys same question because i think it's let's and feel free to disagree because right now you have agreed this is not a script but i guess great minds think alike so 
if Kuldeep Yadav, for example, you know, a lot of people say he was a World Cup lock, he still is. And I'm seeing him struggle in the T20 form, which again is a very different form of cricket, but it's still white ball cricket. So, Sanket, how do you see, can his confidence be shattered? And uh, Because it looks like he's going to be in everyone's playing 11 if he doesn't have a good IPL. You think uh, players can just reset their mind and just say, okay, now it's a different tournament, different event? Or you think something can carry over? Sanket, can you hear me? Oh, sorry, Sharon. Uh, I'm thinking about Sanket, yeah, but uh, question is for Sharon. I see, I see. So, I think the... Um I think with Kuldeep Yadav, what is really interesting is I was looking up his numbers uh, earlier today and I was kind of going by a gut because when I see him play in, in, in these long tournaments, I always feel like he does very well in the first couple of games. And then his bowl, and then it almost is like the batsmen kind of figure him out a little bit. And so if you look at his numbers, in the first match of a series, uh, he averages about 14 and his uh, uh, you know economy rate is 4.6. By the time you get to the fifth match, and the sample size is small, it's about six games, his average is 39, bowling average, and economy rate is 5. So what's basically happening, I think, is that batsmen in the first game, they're kind of surprised uh, by this left-arm Chinaman bowler who kind of gets the ball into the right-hander, and they, and especially his googly is kind of really effective in the beginning. But slowly people start reading the reading the ball better, reading the reading his thinking better. I think he's a very attacking bowler and people kind of don't expect that up front and then they kind of see him a few times and then they realize that, okay, so this is how you have to play him. And I think in the previous podcast, I think it was Bharat only who was saying that right-handers are now opening up their stance uh, in order to kind of uh, encounter, tackle uh, Kuldeep better. And, and that is my fear with someone like Kuldeep, that uh, he doesn't have enough to kind of keep the batsmen guessing as the tournament wears on and I think what the IPL is telling us is that we are seeing some kind of a long run culmination of the same trend that over multiple matches and with all this video analysis and stuff over the last couple of years batsmen have slowly slowly really paid attention to how to kind of tackle Kuldeep and right now he hasn't really got the answers but I don't think it's a permanent phenomenon I think we should start with him and then we should see how it goes Will he recover? That's a that's a much harder question. Like from the onslaught of the IPL, I think that's a much harder question to kind of think about because he's one of those guys who, when he gets hit, he shows it. I think with Chell, Chell doesn't get as frustrated, as animated, as disappointed, as dejected uh, when he's hit for a few sixes. I think Kuldeep, you, you can almost see it on his face, uh, and that's something that uh, is worrying somewhat. But you never know. I mean, you know, uh, the next couple of months will kind of reveal how he really faces up to pressure in this particular way. Okay, so Bharat, uh, answer something similar, but also bring Chahal in and just uh, talk about the impact these two will need to have for India to, you know, hold on to their tags of uh, World Cup favourites. And, uh, uh, and and I think they are pretty much locks in the eleven. Just uh, validate that as well. See, Yuzvendra Chahal, I think, is a very clever bowler, smart bowler, in the sense that he varies his pace, he's someone can ball slow through there. This, I think, uh, sort of goes against modern-day batsmen this, because a lot of modern-day batsmen play across the line. So, when he balls slow through there, he gets a lot of wickets. He can also vary his pace, ball a lot quicker one. So, yeah, he's a smart bowler, no, not someone who's a mystery bowler. He doesn't do uh, something like, oh, he's a mystery bowler for you to say. But, uh, yeah, he's, he's clever and smart. When it comes to Kuldeep, what I would add is, he doesn't always do well in the IPL. IPL is uh, is not not a tournament where he doesn't uh, do that well. He has a shoulder niggle as well, so that is something uh, Indian management perhaps have to look at. And when it comes to picking the angle, I think uh, left-handers. If you, if the opposition team opposition team has a left-hander or two, uh, that can go against Kuldeep because the, you won't have a blind spot against a left-arm Chinaman baller bowling from over the wicket for a left-hander. That is, uh, if it is a, if you are a right-handed batsman, then uh, again you have to open yourself up. He tried this quicker ball. I think it was against the Delhi Daredevils. Shai Shire was Ayer was the batsman. I think. Uh, it, uh, he was picking the angle, Kuldeep's angle well, and he tried this quicker ball. I've not seen that sort of uh, quicker ball from Kuldeep. And uh, that uh, delivery troubled, with that delivery troubled higher. So that's perhaps something uh, he has been trying uh, to add to his variation. Obviously, 
the indian team will depend on this two and uh, bumrah to take the wickets because if they pick bhuneshwar kumar uh, to get that sort of balance at number 8 isn't exactly a wicket taker in odia cricket you know he averages about 38 or something in one internationals he might be good in the slog overs sometimes with these variations on on tracks a grip a bit but uh, they need these three bumrah kuldeep and chahal to take majority of the wickets so and, and the opposition opposition teams have sort of started to play out bumrah this stage because you know he is a real threat so uh, it in they depend a lot on this two wrist spinners for sure okay and that brings me to the set of medium paces and there's a lot of talk the shami and bhuvi one of these guys will play and bharat you've been leaning lately towards mohammad shami because of his uh, you know uh, bowling in the IPL and you think he can still bowl of all indian bowlers he's uh, the best i think you said something who can get the ball to reverse uh, if that's a correct statement i captured from twitter uh, who's going to be your pick when india shows the first uh, 11 for the world cup between shami and bhuvi it's an interesting question when you think of bhuvneshwar kumar the one thing that goes for him is at number 8 he can bat a bit and you have shami then you have shami uh, chahal uh, then you have uh, three three number 11s you pretty much have three number 11s and kuldeep is not exactly number 8 batsman as well that's the only thing that i think goes against shami is definitely worked on his fitness is charging in uh, when shami isn't at his best the one point you have to consider is i think even wasim akram said this once that he starts with uh, i think long steps and then when comes to the near the crease when he, when he comes near the crease he sort of the steps become uh, sort of uh, it it so shorter and shorter this is something that goes against a fast bowler you won't be in good rhythm usually when when you charge in like that this is something even uh, akram one said it uh, but he's bowling with good rhythm these days and is getting a little bit of sea movement this bhuvneshwar kumar doesn't yet uh, is swinger and the white cocker up doesn't really swing for, doesn't really swing much and then you think of shami obviously if you get a tired surface he gets this contrast swing i think he's a champion of contrast swing of course contrast swing the swing go, goes towards the rough side and it seems straight up so that, that is something he's, he definitely can you can compare him to any pakistani pacer uh, in terms of world ball swing so shami definitely has uh, something or bhuvneshwar bhuvneshwar is someone i believe who comes into consideration with the surface grips a bit uh, that is when his variations is a lot of variations uh, he can come in and uh, recently hasn't been landing the yorkers as well as uh, used to maybe a modern day batsman obviously stay deeper in the crease they move around the crease yeah. i've said this before it's very tough so correct uh, me if so i'm uh, wrong bharat i'm interrupting you again but i think this is very interesting observations you you know keep pouring in here but then uh, if the, we uh, we've been using two white balls for a while but then w- when does the ball start to reverse for someone like me who i mean i think i watch a lot of cricket but i can learn from this so when we hear about these things but then there are two white balls being used in an innings when does the ball actually begin to swing or begin to reverse it's a bit uh, tough to say because it depends on a variety of factors if you get a slightly tired surface definitely it will start reversing early obviously uh, pakistani pacers do something that i don't know because in the port elizabeth odia in south africa recently the surface surface wasn't really tired but even five master was reversing at 82 miles per hour 80 miles per hour that wasn't contrast that was reverse swing because it was going towards the shiny side uh, and the surface wasn't really tired at that pace scientifically shouldn't so there are variety of factors in that second t20 i think it was india new zealand colin de grandom smashed one really hard that hit the sign board then suddenly uh, i think uh, indian pacers started or the indian fielders started working on the ball on the one side and it started uh, could see the old you could see old ball swing so it depends on a variety of factors surface if it's a flat pitch uh, the outfield is sort of lush green i don't think we'll get any reverse swing there and a lot of english outfields uh, are lush lush green uh, some of them of course have got drier uh, with time but uh, a lot of uh, outfields are lush so i think you need a little bit of tired surface and then it might start reversing maybe around the 35th 38th over like we saw in that uh, recent example i talked about the portal is bit odi where it started reversing around the 35th 37 38th over okay so this is again a good conversation maybe we can have a nostalgia episode 
where we can bring in the likes of Tendulkar and some of the other players. But right now, let's focus uh, on the task at hand. We have nine more minutes before we wrap this podcast. So, Sharon, uh, not to you know repeat too many of these questions, but you know Bharat clearly you know explained his choice between uh, you know or at least reasons for Shami and Bhuvi. Uh, if you are prepared, can you share your first? Uh, can you share your eleven for the first match? If everyone's healthy, who should be lacing up for India? Uh, we've already talked about the top three, and then uh, you talked about uh, Vijay Shankar yeah. and then Dhoni. So take take you know take your eleven, and then maybe we can compare notes with Bharat. Yeah, I think actually if the top three is fixed, of course, I'd play. If I if it was up to me, I'd play Dhoni at four, and then I'd play. Um, I'd actually pick Karthik at five, uh, Pandya. Uh, oh no, sorry, Kedar at six, Pandya at seven. And then, depending, completely agree with Bharat. Depending on if the pitch is kind of like seeming, like you know, it grips a little bit, then I would want a Bhuvi. But otherwise, I'll always go with a Shami. I think Shami's actually done pretty well. I won't play him at eight. I'd play probably Kuldeep at eight, uh, and then um, the two spinners, of course, and then finally Bumrah. So that would be my that would be my eleven. But I would think about if the if the pitch is turning a little bit. Uh, if it's kind of gripping and turning a little bit, I would think about bringing in someone like a uh, Jadeja, only because I think his batting kind of gives a gives a little bit more solidity to that lower middle order. Uh, but I fear that his kind of bowling on on a typical flat English track will get tonked all over. I think we saw this, uh, you know, in, in on our last tour of England when he and Ashwin played. So I feel like there are we should be very careful before we play someone like Jadeja. But I think his batting kind of brings in an added dimension. uh that being said if if the you know the pitch is seeming a little bit or any of that stuff then i would go in for shankar over dinesh karthik the reason i kind of favor dinesh karthik is i feel like especially in the last year and a half he has really come into his own in terms of his ability to strike the ball from the middle of the bat in the gaps uh from ball one so i haven't seen you know dinesh karthik was always this guy who looked good when he was good but then who always was edgy and iffy and fidgety otherwise but over the last say one and a half two years especially since he started working with abhishek nayar i feel like they've kind of cracked something about his batting and that's why it was particularly disappointing for me when he kind of failed as the test wicket frontline test wicket keeper in england i think he got out lbw to a full toss it kind of swung in and he was lbw plum it was really disappointing to see it because i was hoping that here was the opportunity of a guy who was in good form who was striking the ball really well to kind of cement his place and he didn't do it and then of course he did the nidahas trophy uh, his that actually happened before the nidahas trophy uh, for, you know fantastic victory in the end and generally i feel like he hits the ball really well so i need a good very very good fielder so i would pick him in my 11 if i got a chance but that's just me and maybe i have a i have a bias towards dinesh karthik but i really think that if ever there was a time you had to you could pick dinesh karthik in his many many year long career this is now it is now Okay, make a break. So, uh, Bharat, come in with your eleven and see if you disagree with what Sharan has said. Uh, go ahead. Okay, so top three, I think uh, everyone pretty pretty much knows it. So, yeah, I put I would gamble with Shankar at start. Anyway, anyone, everyone has to any player if you pick, you have to gamble in the current Indian side for the number four slot. So, I would take a punt with him at four. Uh, then. Uh, have ms dhoni obviously at 5 uh, yeah it's sort of questionable if india are at say 3 for 230 of say, 40 overs uh, then uh, might be struggle for him but uh, still it's a number 5 slot not not a number 6 slot i think number 6 slot uh, uh, you won't really uh, crack it at, at currently so he met uh, dhoni at 5 and then uh, yeah, jadhav at 6 and then Uh, number seven, obviously, our Hardik Pandya, and number eight. It's it's a, a bit difficult. I've been thinking over it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I like Shami, but uh, eventually, finally, I, I thought of taking uh, Bhuvneshwar only and only because it brings a bit of uh, gives that balance to the Indian side. Uh, India needs some runs at number eight. You don't you can't have say Kuldeep Yadav batting at eight and. Three talents. That's the only reason I'm taking him because I definitely feel Shami is the better pacer of the two, more of a wicket taker of the two. So I'm gambling on Bhuvnesh for a date, and uh, yeah, the, then obviously two wristies uh, I have and uh, Bumra. When it comes to Jadeja on a tired surface, yes, uh, he can come into consideration. He's someone who bowls quick through there. 
this is something that goes well when it comes to tired surfaces on tired surfaces which stays slightly low you need ball spinners who can ball quicker to there kartik yeah i am i'm a fan of him uh, watched uh, for very long but only one thing i hold against him is if, if it's about say if he's batting the slog overs and especially plays for india he is magic he just uh, comes across as someone who is a uh, maestro when it comes to slog overs but uh, in in recent past but it, if it comes to batting for 25 30 overs or 25 overs or 30 35 overs he seems to struggle a bit that that's he still fidgety sort of he doesn't seem to know he doesn't seem to understand how to anchor the innings at that uh, in that particular situation that's the only reason i'm not really thinking of karthik at present uh, so that would be my lineup as i said i would go for bhuneshwar uh, edging towards him only because of the balanced side okay that's good we have our first uh, mini disagreement in form of karthik and uh, no karthik and then uh, shami and bhuvi so we got less than two uh, less than 3 minutes Uh, I'm surprised both of you didn't even mention KL Rahul in any possibility, and I am kind of a you know an old school, not as much of an analyst of you, and definitely nowhere in Bharat's league. But I still think he's an X factor kind of a big player, and this is a tournament that can make or break him. And I somehow think the game has evolved so much. Uh, why can't we put him at four? Why are we so obsessed with positions? You know, because that's something for Test match cricket, but in in this cricket i think uh, we can experiment with kl rahul because fine you know we didn't have a locked position why not him so you both have what 30 seconds to make or not make your case about kl bharat you can go first see i have been fan of kl rahul for long there's no doubt about that if you think of his uh, 70 out of 90 balls in delhi all the way back in 2012 absolutely crushed ashish nehra and company so he definitely has the game he sometimes goes over the top when it, when it comes to hitting uh, it's outside his range uh the only reason uh, yeah you can still adjust for number 4 slot there's no doubt about that the only reason i'm thinking of shankar is i think india needs uh, especially in england uh, they can't really depend on someone like the jadav spin bowling uh, on the flat pitch setting they need two three more overs of uh, seam somewhere so uh, that's why i'm thinking of shankar as a sixth option bowling option as well uh i on kartik oh, sorry on kl rahul i just want to say this that I completely agree that you know, given the chance and given the time, he would have done. He maybe he'll do well in num- at the number four position. But given the little bit of evidence we have, he hasn't really shown us what he can do at that position. He's played like four or five games at number four, and he's got his highest score has been seventeen. So that's the problem I see with him. I think he's definitely, I he's one of the other big disappointments in some sense of the last couple of years for India because he w- should have been a walk-in into any side. in this indian lineup because he was he's a fantastic batsman he has all the shots in the book he's uh, strikes so beautifully strikes the ball so beautifully and he runs well he feels well right it's just a, it's just a shame that he wasn't able to convert it some of it was just a lack of confidence from that england tour and before that also in the test games but i think after the whole hardik pandya and kl rahul coffee with karan stuff he's also not been available for selection so all of these things kind of came together at the wrong time for him and that's why i think he doesn't really fit in the scheme of things uh but yes but someone definitely who will be be the backup if one of these things fail one of the guys we are talking about fails then he definitely come into the mix okay i think uh, you guys definitely delivered it's quite a good post- podcast time is up i want to go more we'll definitely talk more after stop recording but i think uh, just to have my final words since i'm the host i think kl will play but you both can laugh at me when that that doesn't happen thanks for joining and delivering a very good uh, conversation we'll be back Uh, breaking down more squads as the world cup approaches once again signing off on behalf of bharat sharan and sakib uh, please tune in and we'll be back for more bye for now thanks thanks thank you so Bye-bye. much